First reading this morning comes from the book of Genesis, the 27th chapter. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called his elder son Esau and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, See, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, Take your weapons, your your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. Then prepare for me savory food such as I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may bless you before I die. Then Rebekah took the best garments of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on her younger son Jacob. And she put the skins of the kids on her hands And on the smooth part of his neck, then she handed the savory food and the bread that she had prepared to her son, Jacob. So Jacob went into his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game so that you may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? Jacob answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went up to his father, Isaac, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So Isaac blessed him. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring." And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. People of God, please stand as you're able.
Holy Gospel this morning according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. People of God, this is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Will you pray with me? Come near to us, O God, in our waking and in our slumber. Be near to us that we may know you. Spread us like the dust of the earth, that all may be blessed because of your goodness. Help us to see these great things which you have promised, to know them and to share them with the world that you love so dearly. And in all things, guide us by your spirit by your word, by your love. All these things and all the things of our hearts, we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may have noticed that there are large hunks of verses missing from that Genesis reading this morning. Some of them add to the level of deception and trickery that Jacob engages in with his ailing, blind father Isaac and his brother Esau, who's left to go hunting. But in all of this, you would expect that after tricking Isaac and enraging Esau, that Jacob would be the least likely person to receive a blessing from God. In these verses... His character is demonstrated to be unworthy. His actions, dishonest. Everything about Jacob would suggest that he is unworthy of God's favor. He lies to his blind, ailing father. He he disregarded his brother, swooping in while he was away to claim a reward that was not his own. And in those verses not contained in today's reading, Jacob has also conned his brother Esau out of his birthright, leaving him with almost nothing for an inheritance. Surely God would rather choose someone else, anybody else, to carry on the legacy of Abraham and Isaac, to receive the divine promises which have defined them as a people. Anyone but Jacob. And yet Jacob doesn't have it as well off as we would expect. He left his family in Beersheba because an enraged Esau is out for blood. Jacob may have received Isaac's blessing and he may be entitled to Esau's birthright, but now he remains alone, a fugitive in the wilderness. Surely God has abandoned him. Who would blame God for doing so? 
and yet in this space. Fleeing from his brother's wrath with with nothing to his name, no family to support him, and only a rock for a pillow. God comes to wayward Jacob in a dream and renews the covenant made with his ancestors, promising Jacob a land, a family, and blessings beyond compare for all the days of his life. We may say anyone but Jacob. God says only Jacob. There are many instances in life where we find ourselves in a similar place as Jacob. At odds with family, friends, and neighbors, conditioned by the world around us to do anything and everything we can to gain the advantage over our neighbor, even if it means cutting them off at the pass and seizing opportunities not intended for us. We're taught to believe that the way we go through life is to treat everyone with suspicion, with contempt, and with apathy. Our neighbor is only an obstacle to our continued success. And this makes us falsely believe that if if someone else has something that we don't, then it's our right to take it from them. Because we deserve anything and everything we want. And for those who point to generations of discrimination and abuse and extortion and inequity and injustice, we begin to fear them. We begin to fear that living in a world where all can experience peace and justice means that we have to give something up. That we'll lose our slice of the pie. And heaven forbid we do that. We become caught in this lie where what feels and smells like something familiar really carries a deceptive voice and find ourselves too blind to see what it does to ourselves, to our loved ones, and to the strangers God calls to be our neighbor. We become used to exercising our cunning and our craftiness in ways which ultimately separate us from one another, destroy God's beautiful creation, and leave us alone and abandoned in the wilderness as fugitives from God's favor. And yet in those moments and in that space where we experience God's presence, God makes himself known to us most fully and most freely. God comes to us in our most vulnerable moments, surprising us with a vision of hope and a promise of wholeness. A blessing that promises to transform our lives so that they may be a blessing to the entire world. Right, when... People go to get married, right? Especially young people. It's that custom in our world to go and ask the parental blessing of your spouse, right? Give us your blessing to be wed. In that way, we ask for a blessing as a stamp of approval. But God's blessing is not a rubber stamp 
on Jacob's life lived to this point. This blessing is something different, something new, something more. It's God's grace, God's favor, binding Jacob to God's plan for redemption and wholeness and love. Just as God had provided for creation and for Jacob's ancestors, now too will Jacob encounter the abiding presence of the one who creates, provides, and blesses, coming near to us in our most desperate moments. God has big plans for Jacob. When he leaves this place, Jacob will not be the same person as he was when he laid his head on the rock of his dreams. Instead, Jacob will find himself on the receiving end of his own trickery and deception. Jacob will suffer because of his own paranoia, and he will be forced to make decisions for himself and for the future of his family that will demonstrate the ways God's blessing has transformed him to become a person of humility and mercy and generosity. Jacob will become Israel, one who has struggled with God and yet prevailed because God has chosen to bless rather than to curse. And see what God adds to Jacob's blessing. Words of promise that were not uttered to Abraham or Isaac. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. What Jacob does not yet realize is that there is nothing particularly special about this place where he saw angels ascending and descending before God. Surely the Lord's in this place and I didn't know it. No, Jacob. God has always journeyed with you. God has always come near to you. You've just been too busy scheming to see it. Instead, Jacob, see that angels come and go upon a ladder or a stairway into the heavenly presence of God because that chasm that we believe exists between the divine And creation is not as wide as we would believe it to be. God has often and continually drawn near to us. That we might be shaped and formed by God. By God's blessing of mercy and forgiveness and be drawn closer to that image of holy perfection that God intends for us. We don't have to live these lives of deception anymore. We don't have to worry for our safety as we lay our head down at night because God has promised to watch our going out and our coming in, ensuring us that God will not leave us until God has accomplished all that has been promised. And the beauty of that promise is that God is never really done with us. Even as God's promises are fulfilled, as as Jacob 
receives the joy of welcoming a family into the world as, as he returns to the land of his ancestors, as he brings them to meet his brother Esau and they are reconciled with one another. Even as God's promises are fulfilled and wholeness is experienced, God makes new promises. Choosing to continue the relationship with us. All for the sake of Jesus. Because in Jesus, we see most fully how God has chosen to draw near to us, how God has chosen to bless us, how God has chosen to draw near that we may be received into God's own self and experience joy beyond our imagination. Jesus told his disciples that they would see greater things than these, that we would dream dreams of hope and life and abundance for all peoples. This is the God who comes near. This is the God who makes promises. This is the God who makes our dreams a reality. Take a moment. Close your eyes with me. What dream is God visiting you with this day? And how is it drawing you closer to the divine, blessing you with the promises of Jesus, promises of, promises of life, promises to remain with you to the end of the age? What dream is God leading you to live this day that through you, that through you all nations of the world might be blessed? What dream is God giving us as followers of Jesus that the world in which we live might come to know the blessing of God's mercy for all who have lost hope, for all who, who feel abandoned, for, for all who long to be made whole. What dream is God giving you? Because God has chosen you to live out that dream. Surely the Lord is in this. And we didn't know it. Thanks be to the God who comes near and by the Spirit makes his presence known to us in Christ Jesus. Amen.